0: Today, we're continuing on with our anxious series. When you look at this cup, what do you see? Do you see it as half full or half empty? If you see it as half full, well, chances are you're an optimist. But if you see it as half empty, you may be the, what's the term again, a pessimist. Oh, it sounds so negative, doesn't it? Uh, Maybe we'll go with realist. How we look at this cup could very well be how we look at the obstacles we face in life. As I have stated at the beginning of this series, anxiety is a bit of a complicated subject, meaning that it can be psychological, it can be emotional, it can be situational. I personally believe it's always spiritual. And because God designed us as physical, psychological, and spiritual beings, it is wise to take a holistic approach when dealing with anxiety. As a pastor, I always strongly suggest approaching God first when dealing in matters of anxiety. The passage of scripture that has been the driving force of this series is found in Philippians chapter four, verse uh, seven, or verses four to seven. Let's read this. It says, "Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and pet- and petition, with thanksgiving." Present your request to God, and the uh, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul wrote these words during the first century while he was sitting in a prison cell in Rome. He was locked up uh, in chains and uh, he was under the 24-hour watch of a prison guard. In, in modern day, we might call this solitary confinement or isolation. How many out there, you're feeling like you're in solitary confinement right now or isolation because of the COVID re- uh, uh, requirements or, or regulations right now? Well, the good news is for us is that one day this will all pass. But for Paul, the only way that he was going to escape uh, that Roman cell was by death. Paul had every excuse to be anxious. Yet he says things like, rejoice, the Lord is near. Don't be anxious. Instead, pray to God and give thanks. Almost as if to say you can experience God's peace uh, anywhere, at any time, and in any situation. But that doesn't really make sense, does it? I mean, I can visualize experiencing peace while I'm in my backyard on the deck sipping coffee from my favorite mug. I can visualize experiencing peace while on the golf course uh, approaching the ball for my next shot. I can uh, visualize experiencing peace while I uh, take a drive in the wonderful scenery uh, that's all around here in Lactabani. I can visualize experiencing peace when I'm on the water in a a friend's boat. But how can I experience peace when I'm faced with a difficult situation, going through a painful breakup, when the bills seem to be amounting more to the income I'm bringing in, or when my health is in question, when I yell at my kids, or have a dispute with my wife, or feel like the walls are caving in around me because I cannot take self-isolation anymore? How can I experience peace anywhere, anytime, and in any situation? Is your cup half full or half empty? How do you view your current situation? Do you see hopelessness or do you see opportunity? Do you are you experiencing anxiety or are you uh, awaiting with anticipation? It really boils down to perspective. Last week, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a spoiler alert here if you haven't watched or listened to last week's message. I, I told the story about Peter walking on the water to Jesus in Matthew chapter 14. And when Peter first stepped out of the boat, everything was fine. Everything He, he, he stepped out into the waves and, and he found firm uh, footing at that moment. So everything was fine and dandy. But then he took his eyes off of Jesus and he focused on everything that was around him, the wind that was blowing, the waves that were crashing all around him and the spray of water in his face. The moment that he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. He began to sink. He was too far away to grab a hold onto the boat and he—and all he could do in that moment was call out to Jesus. Can I just say this, that calling out to Jesus For help is the best thing he did? The best thing he did might have been, should have been the first thing he did. And what did Jesus do? Did did he silence the, the wind? Did he calm the waves so that Peter could swim back to the boat? No. He reached out his hand and caught Peter and pulled him up and out of the water. Peter's problem wasn't removed, but he was repositioned to rise above it. I'm calling this message today, Raise a Hallelujah. When you're going through something big or something small, the right perspective can always help us, can help us rise above it all. The word perspective in Latin means to clearly perceive, inspect, look through, look closely at. This past week, a friend of mine posted a riddle on Facebook called the Shoe Man cone riddle <laughs> believe it or not the shoe man cone riddle maybe you saw it on facebook it has those pairs of red shoes and and then there's a guy with a striped shirt with green sleeves he's got kind of a i don't know he's got an angry look on his face i mean i had the angry look trying to follow, solve the riddle but uh and then there was this, some kind of cone thing i don't know what the deal was was it supposed to be popcorn in that in that uh, coned newspaper because it sure looked like it was coal right? Wrapped in a cone newspaper. But anyways, it took me a while and many guesses to try and figure it out. I even lost sleep over it. It, I did everything within my power to to try and figure it out. But just when I thought I had it solved, my answer was still wrong, believe it or not. So I did what any smart middle-aged person would do. I asked my daughter. I showed her my perception of the riddle and how I arrived to the the answer. And she took one look at it and says, Dad, you could just see it, right? Dad, rolling the eyes, you could almost hear them creak as they're rolling. Dad, you're forgetting the rules to math. Multiplication comes before addition. Well, that changed it all. That changed it completely. And voila, I had the correct answer. And, and just to torment all of my friends on Facebook, I posted it on my page too. <laughs> Anybody fall for it this last week? I just needed help. And maybe all, that's all you needed too, was the right perception, right? To, to, to perceive, to inspect, to look through and look closely at. Sometimes that's all we need is just a fresh, new perspective. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. He says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ paul sure had a way of spinning a situation kind of like a a spin doctor if you will well what's a spin doctor well spin doctor is someone who gives a favorable interpretation of a subject or two events Uh, a cup kind of half full kind of thing finding the bright side of any situation raising a hallelujah instead of sinking in despair Maybe you've heard it said that there are two sides to every story. Well, today I want to suggest that there can be two sides to, uh, or two perspectives for every situation. There can be the one of hopelessness or the one of opportunity. In our anxiousness, we can either sink in despair or raise a hallelujah. Paul says, again, I want to tell you, he says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. With our time remaining, I want to share with you another one of Paul's prison stories. And it's found in the book of Acts chapter 16. If you've got your Bible, you can can turn there. Or if you want to just follow on the screen, it'll be uh, uh, below uh, on the bottom half of the screen. But this is what it says. It says, once when we... And I'm going to stop here for just a moment. Once when we... Uh, the author of the book of Acts is none other than Luke, the same guy who also wrote the book of Luke. And this is not some fabricated story or parable. It's a true story and has been properly documented and is actually a historical fact. It actually happened. Let's continue on. Once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to, that, or said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. Wow, amazing. I could just imagine how this, the countenance of this young girl had just changed. A miracle right there and then, a sign and wonder. Now you would think that people at this point, they'd be happy. They would be rejoicing that this girl was finally set free and delivered of this evil spirit. But sadly, that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. We read on in the story at 19, at verse 19, when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone. Oh, these are selfish guys. Man, they're so selfish. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to f- face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us, for us Romans to uh, accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Sometimes we can do the right thing, the proper thing, the best thing, the good thing, and still get punished for it. It doesn't seem fair and it doesn't seem right. Here Paul sets this girl free from a life of demonic possession, and he gets punished for it. And it wasn't even the girl who was upset with him and reported him to the authority, the authorities. It was the people that had no regard for her. They took her for granted. It was the people that were making a selfish gain, or their own selfish gain and personal gain from her. And, and they didn't care about her. All they cared about was a bank account. Sometimes we can get stung for doing the right thing. In verse 25, it goes on to say. about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. I love how Paul here refuses to allow his emotions to be dictated by his situation. He, Silas, and Luke have every right to be discouraged, dejected, and disappointed by their situation. But instead, they decide to rise above it. Just like Peter grabbing a hold of Jesus' hand while he was sinking in the Sea of Galilee, Paul and his companions decide to raise a hallelujah by singing songs of praise and worship to God. And really, what else has they got to lose? They've already been beaten. They are locked up in stocks. What more could be done to them? So what do they do? They start singing. And maybe they started singing this song. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. And then the chorus goes like this. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. What? The king is alive. I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. For some of you today, it will take everything inside of you just to formulate any form of worship to God in this moment. You've been beaten down and you've been hanging on by only a thread. I raise a hallelujah. I will watch the darkness flee. Maybe you're lost your way and you're feeling like you're trying to find your way in the dark and you're feeling all around, but it's such a dark time and a dark space in your life. I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery. There will be times in our lives where things just don't add up or make sense. What was supposed to happen didn't. And what, what did happen was what we feared most would happen. I raise a hallelujah. Fear you've lost your hold on me. No matter what The diagnosis is, no matter how impossible the situation seems, no matter what uncertainty lies ahead of you, no matter how you feel in this moment, even if it means you have to fight against gravity itself, what are you going to do? You're going to sing a little louder. Come on, you can do it. Sing a little louder, but I don't feel like it. Sing a little louder, but it hurts. Sing a little louder, but I don't know if how oh, this is all going to work out. Sing a little louder, but what if nothing changes in my situation? Sing a little louder. I believe that someone out there just needs to hear this today, and you need to raise a hallelujah. You've been in prison for too long. Maybe your your uh, uh, this whole self-distancing thing is affecting you so much emotionally and psychologically. I hear you. I fought against those feelings too, and and the very thing that us as pastors have counselled people never to do is is the thing that we're required to do to isolate ourselves. Maybe you're you're fighting addiction today. Maybe you're fighting with your spouse, or with your kids, or or maybe you're battling an illness. Maybe you're anxious and depressed, or suffering from a mental illness. Maybe uh, you've thought of ending your life, and maybe you just lost your job, and maybe everything is falling apart around you. What are you gonna do in this moment, through this time? It's time to do what, 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 the, what, what Paul and Silas did is raise a hallelujah. It's time to sing a little louder. It's time, it's time, it's time. When Paul and his companions began to raise a hallelujah, listen to what happened in verse 26. This is so exciting. Suddenly there was a such, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose i don't know what's got you in prison today but i know that god can free you from it by raising a hallelujah your situation may not change but you will and let's face it we'll face multitude of situations in our life but But the secret sauce to it all is if we become changed. Then those situations when we become changed will no longer imprison us. The secret is to raise a hallelujah. Listen, I haven't got even to the best part of this this story yet. Let's let's just read on here in in verse 27 and onwards to, to verse 34. It says, The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Then, or he then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Man, those are, those are beautiful words. They make, they, they, those are my favorite words. I love it when people come to me and say, what must I do to be saved? That's music in our Father's ears. That's a hallelujah in His ears. They replied, listen to their reply in verse 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Somebody needs that today. Somebody needs that. You need need saving. And your whole household needs saving. And the secret is it's going to begin with you. In verse 32 it says, Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household, he and his whole household were got saved. All because Paul, Silas, and Luke, they did the right thing. They did the right thing. Though they were mistreated, though they were punished, they did the right thing and because they did it God led them to this jailer God led them to this jailer when we raise a hallelujah it has an influence on those that are around us those who could never have that may have never considered Jesus ever before now begin to show an interest. Your hallelujah is powerful. God will not waste your hallelujah. He will use it to bring freedom, deliverance, and hope to others. Your hallelujah could be the difference maker for your neighbor, your coworker, or a colleague, a friend, a loved one. It's time to raise a hallelujah and sing it louder and louder. Are you feeling anxious today? may paul's words bring you hope and comfort and encouragement again again it's found in in in, uh philippians chapter 4 verses 4 to 7 and this is the the anthem of this this uh, uh, uh whole series it says rejoice in the lord always i will say it again rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all the lord is near Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Aren't those amazing words? He will guard them in Christ Jesus. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we live in, in strange days right now. And Father, I'm I, I thinking about what's happening right now in Minneapolis. And the death of this, this man, wrongfully killed. God, I pray that what's going down in Minneapolis, Lord, that God, that there will be some people bold enough, courageous enough to raise a hallelujah. Lord, there's been a, a, an extreme injustice done, but, but hate and, and violence and, and and anger are not gonna solve it. Lord, even, even if there's 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 justice in the, the judicial system, it's not gonna bring this man back. But what will bring peace and hope to this place is you. And 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 Father, I pray. For all the Christians and the churches in Minneapolis and the surrounding area, I pray they start raising a hallelujah. That there would be peace that would come and calm that storm that lord god that you would be with the family that is 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 hurt and broken right now i think of even the the families of these officers involved those family members that had no choice because because of what their spouses did and and now they're suffering from all of this god i pray i pray that somebody be bold enough to raise a hallelujah in minneapolis god there are so many situations that are happening to, to people right now. Lord, I think of those that are are battling a, a, a diagnosis that it doesn't look good. Lord, I pray that in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their suffering, they'd raise a hallelujah. Lord, I think of those that are feeling abandoned and rejected and dejected right now. Lord, I pray they would raise a hallelujah. I think of that person that's lost their job. I pray they raise a hallelujah. Lord, I think of those marriages that are under fire right now. God, I pray that they, these families would raise a hallelujah, Lord. I pray for that person that that just thinks that their life is just meaningless and 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 is ready to end it all. Lord, I pray they raise a hallelujah. Lord, I think of those that are doubting their faith right now because of the, the, because of just things that are going on in their lives, or maybe they're reading the scriptures and not fully understanding them, but but and and and, and doubt is clouding their minds. Lord, I pray that they'd be bold enough to raise a hallelujah. God, I thank you for this series. I thank you, Lord, that we can reach out to you and that you're always near us. You're right here beside us. So God, I pray that we'd be bold enough in this moment, in our hurt, in our pain, in our suffering, no matter what we're facing right now, that we raise a hallelujah. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen.